Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Net. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. means Bama Boff is going to join us here momentarily, and he will in about 20 minutes. Dave Sproul from KASI in Ames, probably closer to 1130, knowing this segment seldom is on time. <laughs> uh, not that we're complaining. No. Uh, then we'll uh, give you an opportunity to win some Claxton's Barbecue. Claxton's in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Uh, Trent and I have got our picks as well. Let's get Bama Bob in here. It feels like... It was no trouble finding games for us to preview. That is true. Fair to say. Bama, no sunbelt on the slate this week. <laughs> no. Uh, Bama, and it's going to get, I was going to say worse. That's not worse. It's going to be more problematic in a couple of weeks, which is good news. We can start to cut off the ACC then. I think we probably, you know what? Because it's awful. Don't you agree, Bama? It's hard to find any. Now, there is one that we're going to talk about. ACC teams are the top 10 right now. Not for long. Yeah, uh, good to yeah, talk to you. Let's get the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in the polls and see how many are left. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you know what? Since we started with this ACC, let's get this one not out of the way because it's a fun game mm-hmm. and it's prime timer. And uh, I'm anxious to see if Miami can go. I've been lipping off about this 15-kid Phillips since I watched this team for the first time this year, the left defensive end. I think he's a pain in the you-know-what, uh, but he's going up against mm-hmm. a really good Clemson team, Bama, who a lot of people think they've been kind of going through the motions, right? That they really, we haven't seen the best of Clemson yet. Will we see that uh, tomorrow night, Bama? Yeah, I think so. And and listen, uh, when you're at, when you're at a level like Clemson is, and, and you know the coaching staff is trying to do all the right things, and they're trying to tell them all the right things. And the the good thing is they have a lot. You know, <laughs> they've just got a lot of new freshmen in. Like they're they're in the we've talked about it before. They're in the reload phase. Um, so they've you know a lot of this is new to them, but they also have a lot of kids that are experienced in big games, national championships, everything else, playoff games. And they know that, you know, sometimes they know they're not in a very competitive conference and, you know, that they can just go out and win on talent. But I I think they're hearing all of this, hey, the U is back and this is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, they're going to, this is the next challenger to the throne, whatever, you know, all the talk, you know, what, you know, what we're talking about here. And I just think they're going to come out. Listen, Brett Venables is is Brett Venables is is probably the best defensive coordinator in the country. Um, he's just got talent all over the place. They lose a lot, but they replace it. It looks like with even you know, Dabo said this is the best defensive talent he's ever had there. Well, Murphy and Breesy are two of them. Bama, the freshman, eleven they're, and ninety eight. Remember those numbers if you're watching. They're ridiculous. Yes. And look, Miami goes. 
how Derek King goes, and they've been in such big games, especially this coaching staff. Okay, they've had to prepare for Joe Burrow and Tua and all these other great quarterbacks, and they've had you know varying degrees of success against them. But they're going to, I think, they're going to figure out what De'Aaron King does best, and they're going to take it away from him, and they're going to make somebody else beat him. I think Lawrence is going to have a big game. I think Etienne is really starting to show the flashes that we thought maybe he would have shown in years past, and. The line is 14. I would lay the points. I just think Clemson's going to come out because of the this – is, this is perceived by everybody as a challenge to them. It's primetime uh, network television, and I just think they're going to want to put the hammer down. I think they have the talent to do it. Miami's had a good run. I think they are a better team. They're on the right track. But, man, I don't – talk about the U being back. That's still a ways away. I don't – I don't know that they're going to be able to challenge Clemson, maybe for a quarter or two, but man, I actually, I think Clemson probably, if I had to, if I had to bet it, I'd, I'd bet on Clemson just taking this game, run away and hiding with it. How about you, Trent Condon? I, I see it the exact same way. The offensive line has been a whole lot better for Miami. Jared Williams, who came in with Derek King from Houston, he's helped solidify that offensive line. They haven't seen a front, though, no. like Clemson has. And though Clemson's very young, they're not as experienced as that ridiculous line they had a couple of years back. There's still a ton of talent up there. Rhett's done a really good job with that offense. Rhett Lachey, their new offensive coordinator, has done a nice job. I just think Clemson, this is a game they've been waiting for. They they know the national spotlight's going to be on them. It's not playing Virginia on the ACC network. This is the national spotlight I think they roll big in this one. Uh, Trent, you've been talking about this game on our Mediacom show. You made this your uh, your appointment TV game. That's the Red River Shootout. Mm-hmm. Certainly lost a ton of luster for what it once was, but it's entertaining for a number of reasons, right? I mean, one Oklahoma could be 0-3 yeah. and, uh, and essentially out of it should the Longhorns pick them off. Will they? I think it's a coin flip game. I, I really do. It, it comes down to Texas has been awful. Oklahoma has been awful. Who do you trust more? Do you trust Spencer Rattler? Here's my concern Mm. with Oklahoma, because initially when I first took my look here, I did like Oklahoma to bounce back. They're not running the football. We talk about these quarterbacks and what they've had, Mm -hmm. the three quarterbacks before we saw Spencer Rattler, but it was all predicated on running the football. They're averaging 3.4 yards per carry, and Texas still has some dudes up front. I'm leading toward Texas in this one. I think the Longhorns are the play, but we're going to get points more than anything, and that's the exciting part. As long as there's no weather in Dallas this weekend, let's hope we see something 56-53, something in that range. <laughs> a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, McGowan, the freshman who we saw a couple of, make, make a couple of plays in names last week, but he's young. Uh, Bama, Red River shootout. Yeah, I'm in line with Trent here. I find it odd that Oklahoma's favored by two points. The last line I looked, um, unless I looked at that wrong, I thought I saw Oklahoma as a two-point Yeah, they favorite. were. Yeah, um, yeah um, which, again, you know, we mentioned it briefly uh, on Monday. I don't know what's going on with Texas here. That that comment by Ellinger just really caught me off guard, and, and it was. And I didn't see the context, and that's my fault. But the quote that I saw was, this university deserves better. I just don't know what he's talking about. Is he talking Coach. about effort? Is he talking about, you know, are, are there starting to be some fractures in there because – Listen, Tom Herman is probably not the easiest guy to play for. I mean, I, I think we can maybe agree on that. I think all the pressure is on Texas here. Um, they have to win. The over-under is like 72-and-a-half, which is crazy. Um, well, Trent's got I it like over-100. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just think I, 
I'm going with Texas just because of the quarterback you mentioned. I think Ellinger, he's more experienced. Um, I don't know if he's got better talent to throw to. Uh, I don't know if his offensive line is much better than Oklahoma's. Um, neither one of these defenses you mentioned has really been able to stop the other one. Uh, Texas was lucky to escape uh, uh, Lubbock. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, these could be this could be a pair of 0 two teams. But listen, I I think you know Iowa State has got a big game against Texas Tech, and I, I think they would want Oklahoma to win this game because that's going to that's if they could if they could get out of Ames with a win over over the Red Raiders, then they could they could basically bury both these teams. Um, which in a, in a you know no division format is is good. So I, I'm going to go with Texas here, but not very confidently. I just don't think either one of these teams. I think I think you see a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers, you know, gaffes in the kicking game, whatever. Um, I'm going to go with Texas just solely because of the experience of quarterback. Although I like the coach on the other sideline better than. The one they had. Uh, give me a minute, Bama, and, and both both you and Trent on, on TCU, uh, who's going to host K State. I'm not sure if Skylar Thompson's going to play or not. I mean, apparently, he walked off the field and his uh, his shoulder was uh, his arm was hanging limp. So so we'll see if he can answer the bell. TCU is a different quarterback with Max Duggan under center, as we saw last week. TCU they got another one in in Bama. This, this this looks like to me maybe that Oklahoma State's in the conversation, Iowa State's in the conversation. I'm going to throw TCU in there as well. K-State, TCU, Bama, anything on that game? Yeah, uh, just I looked at it briefly. Um, you mentioned Doug, and he's the key for them. He, he's also their leading rusher, Ken. And that, I mean, and he's carried the ball twice as many times as anybody else on that team, if you really look at when you look at the numbers. And I don't know that that's going to hold up over a season. I think over a game against Kansas State, and you mentioned especially if their quarterbacks out, um, I do like TCU in this game. I don't know about the eight. Um, Kansas State so up and down. You lose to Arkansas State, then you beat Oklahoma, and you know that kind of. I, I just, I, I don't have a great feel for it. Um, I just like again. I go with coaches, and I, I love Gary Patterson, um, and I think with Duggan at quarterback. Uh, he, he, I think he's probably the difference. I don't know about the eight, uh, but I would take TCU in this. And you're right. They can play themselves kind of if, – if things break the right way for them, they can play themselves right back into the Big 12 race here. And I, but if it's those three schools and Oklahoma and Texas aren't in the hunt, right? Right? I mean, uh, do you have a take on that game? It. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. New blood. Let's do it. Something stinks about that yeah. point spread. Well over a touchdown, sitting at eight and a half, it – it seems too easy to grab K-State here as well as they played the last couple of weeks. Something smells fishy here. That, that's a stay away because of that for me. All right. Uh, let's go to the SEC trend. Florida and Texas A&M. Mond has not been good. Trask has and is getting a lot of Heisman love at this point. Uh, I'm surprised the numbers not uh, that the point spread stayed below a touchdown in, in this spot. Do you have any take on this? The Florida defense, who coming into the year, I, I remember talking about those cornerbacks who are both elite talents, probably first two round draft picks in the NFL. But as a whole, the Florida defense has not been very good here. Is there that letdown factor after playing Alabama for a and mm. I think we're going to see a good one. You're, you're looking for a window, and maybe if Oklahoma-Texas gets out of hand, you'll be flipping back to this in the early window. I think we're going to see a compelling game. Been a little bit disappointed. Florida was my pick to win the SEC Easton, though we talk about Trask and what he's done and throwing it to Pitts, who's got six tight end, uh, touchdowns already <laughs> from the tight end position. Been disappointed with that defense. I think we're going to see a good one here. How about you, Bama? 
Yeah, I'm kind of with you here. Um, I, I think, I, listen, I saw a and you know, for a good chunk of last week, obviously, against Alabama. Uh, Kellen Mond, he's, he's got the talent. He's, he's just got to play better. I mean, that's just the, the, the bottom line. Texas, you know, A&M's pretty stout up front, and Florida really hasn't been able to run the ball. I mean, they're just not averaging, you know, I mean, they're averaging a little over five per carry, but they're not running it very much. They're really relying on, on Trask and, and Pitts, you know, and, and why wouldn't you, um, you know, with those two? I mean, he's, what, 10, 10 touchdowns, one pick. You know, Pitts is, like you said, is the next wave of tight end. I think, I think this is going to be tough. Um, but, look, Florida, you know, you saw him. In, you mentioned the defense, and A&M has some guys that can hurt you. Um, without the crowd, I think it's a big benefit to Florida because that can be a really tough place to play out at Kyle Field. I would probably lay the points here. Um, Florida has covered both times. They haven't looked impressive in doing it, but, you know, we saw them against Ole Miss, and they struggled a little bit, gave up some points, but at the end of the game they put up 51. If, if they put up, you know, 38, 40, I think they're going to cover this easy because I think A&M is still, they have a lot of young receivers, uh, and Mon just has not been, he, if he needs to play a complete game, I don't know that he can outplay Trask, but unless Trask comes down a little bit, but he's got to, he has to play well for them to have a shot in this one. And A&M fans getting a little anxious on, uh, that, you know, 10 year, $75 million guarantee that they gave Jimbo Fisher. They want a little more than a 28-point blowout uh, to Alabama and a struggle at home to Vanderbilt for that, especially in year three. Uh, let's stay in the SEC, Bama. It's, the, it's, the, it's CBS's game of the week. We talked about it on Monday. Is Tennessee back? I'm not sure they have. I'm not sure what they've beaten. Uh, George is a nice story at the quarterback position, but both of these teams, what, they're both 2-0, and oh, are they not, in, in conference play? Yeah, Tennessee, Georgia, they'll be tested this week. I mean, Tennessee, Will Bama, how do you see it? Yeah, this is. I don't think this is quite Miami-Clemson, where I expect Clemson to just kind of run away and hide. I think, listen, yeah, we, we talked about it Monday, Tennessee has the longest winning streak in the country at eight games uh, in the FBS. I think that ends. I see the line at 12 and a half. I don't, I'm staying away from this one. I could see Georgia covering, but Tennessee really fights, man. They, I, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. What Jeremy Pruitt has done ever since that Alabama loss last year and how that team has just rallied around him, they are tough, they are physical. And they will fight you, um, and and they won't, you know, they won't give up. They they get behind. They keep playing. Um, which you know, if you're worried about point spreads, is always not a good thing. You want a team to kind of kind of quit on you, but they're not. They're not going to. Uh, you know, uh, Garantano has to play big. He is tough as nails. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback for Georgia, Stetson. That you know um, is, is is we all thought it was going to be J T. Daniels that they needed, and they still might need him before the year's out, but he's played pretty well. That game against Auburn last week, I mean, Auburn just, woof. I, they just did not show up. So, again, um, maybe a bit of a letdown, if you want to, for Georgia because they, you know, they were all kind of focused on the Auburn game. They've out, the last three games, Georgia's won by a combined 122-26 to 26 in this series, guys. So it has not been competitive the last three years. I think this one will be a lot more competitive. I like Georgia. I don't know if I like the number, but uh, Tennessee, 
not enough to win the East this year, but uh, I, I, they are headed in the right direction. If they really get a true threat at quarterback, they're going to be tough. Got three minutes left in the segment. Uh, Trent, do you have any opinion on this game? Tennessee, who have they beat? That's just South it. Carolina a couple of times, UAB, Kentucky, Missouri twice, Vanderbilt, and Indiana. That's eight their eight-game slate. That's, that's an eight-game winning streak, but mm. it's not much of an eight-game winning streak. I like Georgia here, certainly to win the game. Check out weather, though. This thing's a slog fest. Might be a 17-10 and you get a cover, but I just think Georgia's the right side. Uh, Oxford, Mississippi, Well, that's where Alabama will be, taking on Ole Miss, and they move that game. Your thoughts on that, Trent? Anything? I, I like uh, certainly the first half again with Alabama. It's an annuity, it isn't is. it? Just, just yeah. jump on this every single year. We just do full Every game week. totals for for what we do with our picks, but I'd be jumping out and again this week it's twelve and a half if you are looking to bet that number. And if you think that Saban's going to pull the gas off in the second half of this one, like no. he did against Mizzou, no, no, no. not going to be the case. This might be something you're adding to the second half after playing the first half. This thing looks like a clubbing coming, unless weather's a factor. Bama, mm. weather will be a factor because they're going to have the, they've moved it an hour and a half to try to get ahead of this hurricane. They think the worst of it's going to be. Uh, in the middle of the afternoon, but it'll be wet. Um, probably will favor Alabama in a running game. Listen, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know about the 23 and a half, um, but uh, <laughs> this is going to be a fun rivalry, guys. I can just tell you that. Just the comments this week that Kiffin made about Saban and his age, you know, just poking fun, you know, kind of like Spur used to do. And, you know, Saban had the classic comeback. He goes, Yeah, I am 69. I wonder what Lane will be doing when he's my age. You know, <laughs> so it was just. It's just classic. Um, I, I do like Alabama in this one. I, I, they've just got too much talent. Um, Corral's been a good story, um, but he's going to face a secondary he's not seen. Um, weather, you would think, favors ground game. Alabama, you would think, has an advantage there. But uh, Ole Miss put up some points, but no, I don't think it's going to be enough. And, and But I can't this, – this is going to be a fun series in the next two or three years. Uh, sneaky good game, Trent? I got a fun one. 12.30, CBS Sports 1230. Network. 12.30? Army Citadel? against the Citadel. Two triple option teams, old school, <laughs> two coaching staffs that are really tight because they're military institutions and because they run the same offense here. If you like old school football, there's a different one for you. And a slate that uh, gets a little goofy. We'll go goofy with that. Yeah, you certainly did. How about you, Bama? Uh, I'm going to leave. You know, well, The one I was going to take, I'm going to leave for you. Thank you. I think I know what you're going to do. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm going to go Arkansas at Auburn. I mean, Auburn laid that egg last week. And, you know, Arkansas coming off their first win, Chad facing their old coach, Chad Morris, Felipe Franks, quarterback, lines about two touchdowns. Um, could be interesting. I think Auburn pulls away, but I think it's going to be interesting early. Uh, last time we saw Mark Stoops, he was running off the field chasing officials. My sneaky good game. Mississippi yep. State, Mike Leach up yep. against uh, Kentucky. Bama, uh, 15 seconds tonight. Not bad on the surface, right? Louisville, Georgia, tight point spread. 15 seconds, literally. I have to cut you off. We go any further. Yeah, um, not much of a thought on this one. I, I just, you know, give me Louisville, I guess. But neither team is very good. Ken, the thing that surprises me, you know, we hadn't talked about this week, Florida State and Notre Dame. When's the last time we <laughs> wow. talked about that game? Wow. I never thought of that. Yeah, that's a great point. Never even thought to put that on this docket. <laughs> never even thought to come Holy up Holy Isn't that crazy? It really is. Bama, great point to end it. Thank you. We'll talk to you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Take care, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bama Bob, talking college football. That's a great point. Yeah. We never talked about Florida State Notre Dame. And that's uh that was on my list. I don't think it made the cut down to five, but boy, twenty and a half 
that Florida State offense, mm. Notre Dame physical, and their offensive line is incredibly good once again. Dave Sproul, KSI, will join us, but right now it's time to put a, or try to put another $1,000 in somebody's pocket. Uh, text the keyword HOME to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000 HOME to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contact. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State. He joins us next from KASI in Ames, Miller and Condon till noon. Claxon's coming up in 20 minutes. 1460 KXNO 106. Friday morning, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. 15 minutes or so away from giving you an opportunity, at least four of our listeners, an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. And then Trent and I will have our picks before we get out of here just before noon. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State for KASI. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County. And Dave joins us. Dave, Dave Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Dave Sproul, how are you? I'm very well. How about you guys? Doing well. Kind of anxious to see how this game unfolds. I think Texas Tech, I don't think they're going to win. I think it's going to be closer than maybe some field. You know, you look at the Texas Tech and what their record says, and they're 0-2 in conference. I have no idea how Texas came back, and I watched it with my own two eyes. I still don't. (laughs) Uh, Both quarterbacks got hurt in the K-State game. Thompson and Bowman both couldn't finish that game, so it was backup quarterback v. backup quarterback. I think that this is going to be a competitive game that's going to be closer than some would think. Dave, how about you? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I, I've just been impressed with the, the, at least the effort and uh, the, the way that TTU has just played hard from start to finish in their games this season that they've needed to uh, and really should have won that Texas game uh, by all rights, but uh, you know, didn't make the plays when they needed, needed to. And I think they're you know, they're still adjusting to the Matt Will style, and I don't think the talent level is, is what we've seen out of them in, in years where they've been in the upper echelon of the Big 12. But they're going to play hard, and they're going to push. And in the Big 12, when you got teams that uh, that are willing to do that, then you're going to get some close games. So Iowa State certainly can't sleep on the Red Raiders. Dave, watching Iowa State play this year, it's not been the Brock Purdy that many people anticipated coming into his junior campaign. What have you seen from him? What what? What is different at him as a quarterback where he just has not been as sharp throwing the football? Yeah, you know, I was listening to you guys earlier when you referenced a pro football focused uh, article about Purdy. Sorry about that, guys. That's <laughs> all right. Not, uh, not, too, not doing well with the phone today. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I read that uh, pro football focus breakdown, and those, you know, those guys do a really good job of, uh, you know, they look at the film and kind of grade it out the, the way coaches do. And, you know, they, they look at uh, four plays that should have resulted in turnovers by all rights against Oklahoma. One of them actually did. And it kind of confirmed a concern that I had watching that game where he was just throwing balls up into double yeah. coverage and kind of hoping for the best not a great way to play quarterback and that's that gets back to decision making i mean stats can tell you some things but they, they tell you outcomes and they don't tell you about decision making and process and you know that's a pretty important word to matt campbell in the iowa state program and right now it looks like his decision making isn't where it needs to be to be an elite quarterback he can still get there he's shown he's had the ability to do that before but it's just not happening right now you could say maybe he's regressed, maybe he's not getting the coaching he needs, maybe it's just that the talent around him in terms of receivers isn't as high as it was mm-hmm. a year ago or two years ago. 
there could be a lot of reasons for that. But decision-making in, in those situations uh, were the concern that I took away from Purdy in that game against Oklahoma. Uh, he can't just rely on, you know, Charlie Kohler to go up and battle <laughs> or out-battle two guys who are defending him. And he got bailed out once or twice with, with pass interference calls, but those don't, you know, make it your decision-making any better. So he has to, I think, just remember, you know, if he plays within himself and doesn't try to do too much, he's a really effective quarterback. And whether that makes him an elite, you know, draft prospect or whatever, can't worry about those things. I, I don't think he really does. It's Iowa State and, and Brock Purdy himself, just got to remember, make the simple play, and if it's not there, you know, throw it away and live to play another down. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think that's a big part of it. And I think what you said about the receivers, too, certainly factors in. I mean, Hutchinson's been good. He re, he relies on Kohler. Why wouldn't he at six foot six? Such a matchup nightmare. Milton's hurt. So was, we saw Daniel Jackson, at least I did, for the first time this past week, number 16. I think he's a true frosh. So, so he's getting some playing time, but maybe they're trying to find that, you know, Akers has been getting his opportunity. Wilson and Shaw really haven't stepped up. I think it's the receivers. He's not real comfortable yet playing a part in it, but certainly the decision making can't be overlooked. And, uh, and that's, uh, and that, that's a real factor. Uh, here's, uh, with Texas Tech, we know at least we believe they're going to, and they score against everybody seemingly, right? But this is, uh, uh Haycock's defense has been so darn good. Uh, they they get the ball out quickly. Texas Tech does. Iowa State's defensive line has uh, caused havoc so far. I think this is a good matchup, a real a good defense against a team who wants to go quick. Yeah, that's one of the most interesting things about Matt Wells' style. That he likes to play at a fast tempo. It's not necessarily like the all out air raid Mike Leach days uh, of the of the pass for Texas Tech, but they are going to really press and they're going to try to wear down the defender just by getting the line quickly, getting plays off quickly, and they're not afraid to run. Sarandrick, um, oh, I can't remember his last name. The running back for yep. Texas Tech. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, he's among the league leaders in rushing this season, which some, you're not used to seeing out of a, a Texas Tech. So he's a, he's a weapon for them uh, as as a ball carrier, as well as, you know, if Bowman's healthy, he could be a, a pretty a pretty good quarterback in his own right. And the Columby kid came in, you know, he's familiar with Wells' mm-hmm. system, having played for him at Utah State, so... I, he, he was able to do some things last week against K-State to keep them in that game. Uh, so, you know, they, they've got the ability to really put pressure on defenses, and we'll see if the, you know, Iowa State's depth will be really tested. It's been big for them so far this season, and I think that especially was true in the TCU game, and we'll see if that continues uh, tomorrow. Light week overall on the Big 12 slate, but as we wait for these uh, kind of two weeks that they had, Worked in there for buys. Baylor is currently shut down. Kansas, Les Miles, their head coach, he has COVID. Boy, Baylor's got a buy this week, correct? They do, yeah. yeah. But it, it just feels like, as we've seen in the NFL, things can teeter very quickly. Any conversation, any concern you've heard from the Iowa State camp as they look at their conference brethren? Not that I've heard so far, but and, and you know, there's a level of comfort, I guess, in the idea that everybody in the Big 12 is going through the same testing mm-hmm. protocols and getting tested three times a week and teams that are playing get tested, you know, Friday morning before they get on their plane or get ready to play the game the next day. And it works out pretty well. I guess that Baylor and Kansas both have the weekend off in terms of gameplay. Uh, so that's kind of a, a relief, I'm sure, for, for a lot of teams in the Big 12. And, you know, on Iowa State's end, they've had another week uh, – here were zero athletes across the athletic department tested positive for COVID-19. So uh, Iowa State has every reason to be confident in the way it's handling its protocols. 
you can't predict how this is going to affect other teams. Obviously, it, and it could still affect Iowa State in one way or another. Uh, but you, you take some comfort, I guess, in the fact that the Big 12 is being fairly rigorous about how it's doing its testing protocols. Hmm. I'll use your word rigorous. I have to imagine practice was rigorous this week. I mean, I yeah, it was a big win over Oklahoma, and Campbell's really good statistically. What did we hear, Trent? He's 4-1 and one after they have an upset over a top, a top 25 team. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is really a good record that, you know, they don't let that rest on their laurels, etc., I know that when he left the field, and we talked about this on Monday, uh, that the sideline reporter that was interviewing him after the game thought he was emotional. He was pissed off, not emotional. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a feeling he lit this this team up. The uncharacteristic penalties, this was not like a Campbell coach team, which I think is a good thing this week, Dave, knowing that you got a team that you should beat. Um, but I, I, I think he probably lit him up pretty good. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was a tough week of practice. Yeah, I think this is something of a cliche, but there's some truth to the idea that a game like last Saturday's is kind of ideal for coaches where you get a win and you get an impressive win right. over a good program, but at the same time, you can spot enough mistakes to keep your team humble and have things to work on through the week uh, in practice and make sure that they don't get their heads swelled up too big, and that's kind of how it worked out for Iowa State. There's a lot of stuff that they could that they need to correct to be a Big 12 you know, contender that, that they want to be they are that right now, but if they want to be that consistent level, they have to clean up those penalties. They have other things to clean up uh, as well, you know, on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, the, the coaches, they have the the material they need to keep their team's attention through this week, and I'm sure Matt Campbell and his crew are using that to full effect. Uh, last thing, do you have any opinion on the uh, Oklahoma-Texas game? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it should be good to watch. Uh-huh. I... I, I kind of think if you're a Big 12 fan, even if you're an Iowa State fan, you might want to root for Oklahoma to win that uh, because then, you know, they kind of eat each other up and mm-hmm. then Iowa State down the road can get a win against Texas and have the leg up uh, on them and both those teams walk away with two Big 12 losses from yesterday and gives Iowa State maybe some more cushion, but that might also be thinking too far ahead and taking too many things for granted for Iowa State. You just know right now that for Iowa State, you just take care of your business, and then the rest will take care of itself. Indeed it will. I mean, uh, the two wins that they've got, TCU and Oklahoma, both uh, main fact. Wouldn't it be crazy if Texas or Oklahoma, neither of those schools, played for a championship? Dave, we'll recap it with you on Monday at this time after you've listened in to Matt Campbell's teleconference. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Have a great weekend. Yep, my pleasure. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I in Ames, 1430 on the AM dial. That's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Close game? Take the points if you had to? If I had to, yes. It I just, would too, I think. Yeah, I think I would. It I would. feels, I don't know, there's just, there's that something. And I can't put my finger on it. I can't verbalize it, but there's just, there's something about this game Iowa State's dominated Tech under Campbell. Uh-huh. They've been good coming off in a win against an AP Top yep. 25 team. They, they've checked all the marks, but just that link. Is, is it still the Lafayette game? I, they, should, they should beat Texas Tech. They should. Handily. They'll win the game, but it's just the points. Well, speaking of points, uh, we've got an opportunity for four of you right now at 284 5966 
to participate in the Claxton's Barbecue Giveaway. The first four callers will be part of it. We're going to give a, we've got a five-pack of props because we have to throw the Yanks and the Rays in. Trent and I are both baseball fans. Originally, it wasn't on our Claxton's list. Uh, we'll do that on the other side. If you're getting a ring, that means you're in. Also, be ready to go because we're going to have to scoot through this thing. Uh, Miller and Condon with you until noon. Claxton's next pick still to come. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. We supply the sports. The beer is up to you. 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. This is KXCon. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Time to give away some barbecue. Our friends Andy and company over at Claxon's, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona, in business close to 25 years. Restaurant makes it 25 years. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty well. Doing something right. Doing a lot of things right at Claxon's. We're going to give Greg, Doug, Dave, and Mike five props and one tiebreaker. Whoever gets the most right will get a $35 gift certificate to Claxon's. The runner-up, 25. Greg is up first. Greg, how are you? Good, thanks. Uh, Chiefs are a 12.5-point favorite over the Raiders. Chiefs. Seattle, 7.5 over the Vikings. Vikings. Sooners, 2.5-point favorite over the Longhorns. Texas. Iowa State gives 12.5 to Texas Tech. Iowa State. Yanks are raised tonight. Raised. Tiebreaker, total points, closest without going over tonight's NBA tilt. Heat, Lakers. 221. Greg, have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. He was uh, ready to go. He was. I like that. Hope Doug, Dave, and Mike are. Hello, Doug. Hello. Uh, Chiefs, 12.5 point favorite over the Raiders. Chiefs. Seattle, 7.5 over the Vikings. Seahawks. Oklahoma gives 2.5 to Texas. Longhorns. Iowa State, 12.5 over the Red Raiders. Red Raiders. Yanks or Rays tonight? Rays. Uh, total points, Lakers heat. Closest without going over is the tiebreaker, Doug. 191. Have a good weekend, Doug. Thank you. Thank you. We should say that if the Game 5 is rained out for any reason, it's California. I doubt it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever they play it, that's what obviously will uh, come into play. Uh, Dave is next. Hi, Dave. Yes, sir. Uh, Chiefs have a half-point favorite over the Raiders. Raiders. Seahawks give seven and a half to the Vikings. Seahawks. Oklahoma two and a half over the over Texas. Oklahoma. Iowa State twelve and a half point favorite over Texas Tech. Iowa State. Uh, Yankees or Tampa Bay tonight. Yankees. Here's the tiebreaker: Lakers Heat closest without going over total points tonight, Dave. Uh, I'll go under. Under what? 210. 210. Well, you got 210 it is. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, Mike brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hi, Mike. Howdy. Uh, the Chiefs are 12.5-point favorite over the Raiders. Chiefs. Seattle, 7.5 over the Vikings. Uh, Seattle. Oklahoma, 2.5 over Texas tomorrow. Oklahoma. Iowa State, 12.5 over Texas Tech. Iowa State. Yankees or Rays, Game 5? Rays. Tiebreaker, Lakers, Heat, total points, closest without going over, Mike. Uh, 
205. Have a good weekend, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate Claxons for allowing us to do this again. Who? Uh, give me the baseball breakdown. Who? How many took Yanks? How many took Rays? Do you know? Uh, two and no, three for Tampa. Three Tampa. And just one on the Yankees. The tee box is yours as you're battling back. Ken is 9, 10, and 1 against the number. Yeah. 1 and 3, though, with his best bets. I have a game lead. 10, 9, and 1. 3 and 1, though, with my best bets. Take it away, Ken Miller. Why do we have Clemson at? I, when I put it in, it's 13 and a half. Is it 14 now? It's it's both places. DraftKings has it at 13 and a half. That's right, betting. It. Oh. You got an opinion on this game? Oh. Huh? Interesting. Well, I'm going to start in the NFL. Atlanta. Point and a half favorite over visiting Carolina. Look, Atlanta, they can't. Can they? I'll take the Falcons. Lay a point and a half over the Panthers. Atlanta gets in the win column. Giants, I don't think they get in the win column. The Cowboys, although they lost Smith, their outstanding left tackle for the year here today. Dallas is going to score. Giants offense, not that great. I'll I'll, uh, lay the eight and a half and take the Cowboys, pick number two in the NFL to the college game. But on this one all week, I'm not. I'm going to stay there. Florida, six and a half point favorite. I liked it. I'm, I don't have to give up more than a touchdown. I think the Gators win. I think it's going to be a tight game, but give me Florida over A&M. That's the early window you said, 11, 11 o'clock, o'clock, right? Uh, Gators, my pick there. Uh, tech, uh, TCU and K-State. TCU with Duggan, they're a different football team. I don't think Skylar Thompson can go this week. TCU is an eight-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I think the Frogs are a factor in the Big 12. It's good that Iowa State has the tiebreaker. TCU, I'll lay the eight-and-a-half. My best bet is Clemson, 13-and-a-half. I think they've been playing possum all year long. I think they open up a can of you-know-what. And take it to the U. Clemson, my best bet, laying 13-and-a-half. TCU, Florida, the Cowboys, and the Falcons. Trent? I hate your picks this week. Outside of the last one, you gave your best bet. It's my first pick of the day. I'm jumping on the Tigers as well, laying the 13 and a half. We came to this conclusion, I think, pretty early in the week. We talked about this game a little bit. We were on the same board there. I will jump with you, but after that, well, we got some differences of opinion. In fact, with that, those differences of opinion, let's go to the NFL next with my next two picks. How about this? Teddy Two Gloves. Incredibly good in yeah. his career. I got a number for you that I think you'll like. After a coach has been fired, though, not the case here. Keep this in your back pocket for Dan Quinn. Teams cover just 42% of the time against the spread after a firing. You think that number would be higher? It actually isn't. Maybe something to look at at Houston. So go against the Texans? That That's what the trend would tell you here. I think it's dead man walking. Give me Teddy two gloves. I'll grab the point and a half. I get Carolina. Pick number one. You're betting on Dallas? What, I, what are you doing betting I on Dallas? I my head examined. I... Offensive line is banged up. You're not betting on the Giants. Oh, yeah. I'm getting more than a touchdown in a rivalry division game. Give this to me all day long. Give me the eight and a half. And the G-Man. This will be a pivotal weekend in this contest for you We're getting some separation this weekend. From there, let's bounce back to the college game for a couple more picks. Starting late night. We don't have Pac-12 after dark, but we do have BYU. BYU's been playing these late games. I've watched a lot more BYU football than I have in the past. They're good. Yeah. They're real good. Texas San Antonio is not good, but 35 points, this is a huge number. The Texas San Antonio team, the beep beeps, the roadrunners, they can get to the quarterback a little bit. I think they'll get to Wilson. They'll make it tough on him and certainly keep it within five touchdowns. Yeah, give me the 35 with the roadrunners. We finish up with my best bet of the week. We're going back to the SEC. Arkansas, can they make it two in a row? No. They're going to get clubbed. This is letdown written all over it. Lay the 13 and a half with Auburn. 
my pick of the week as separation Saturday and Sunday coming here to Baylor and Condon. I like it. Well, getting underway tonight at 6.30, football Friday night, Josh Lawful holds Joe Stacy and a cast of, oh, 10 or 12 will be out to cross fields throughout central Iowa. Football Friday night, 6.30 to 11. Uh, Trent Scott, uh, SEP and the Dragons. Yes. Uh, that will air at 11 o'clock, so plenty of high school football. Of course, Emory and Sean will start the day tomorrow. They kick things off at 8. Speaking of Emory, mm-hmm. Heather and Emory, the Cyclone sound off 7.30. Is 7.30, yeah. I talked to Heather. We both had big smiles on our faces, Bears fans, as oh, we were talking course, this yeah. morning. But yeah, said they'll be on the air at 7.30, WHO for that one. And then, uh, will that be the final WHO yes. Cyclone sound off? Well, I got to think. Depending on Cause timing. Because there's no Iowa next week. And the Unless Iowa plays Friday. Oh, Against Purdue in that first week, two TBD, TBD. Yeah, that's a good point because that's Kaker picked that up yesterday. Mm-hmm. That uh, he thought that the Iowa coaches were floating out there that they think the Purdue lid lifter will be Friday night, which certainly works for me. Not me. Do not oh, do it. Got high school Big football. Ten, please. No, no, no. Friday night college football sucks. Not at the Miller House, it doesn't. Uh, Murph and Addy at 2, the Fanatics at 4, Emery and Sean, Saturday morning pregame tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Thanks for being here all week long with uh, Trent and I. We manned the 10 to noon slot on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, I'm Emery Songer. And I'm Heather Burnside. The season is in full swing, and Iowa State has a share of the Big 12 lead, and that means another edition of Jethro's Barbecue Cyclone Sound Off. 7.30 p.m. this Saturday on News Radio 1040 W.